Blog Talk Radio. Somebody out there got a dream. Somebody out there got a Welcome to the Ryan and Brian Show. I am Ryan Green, and you're listening to what we do every Tuesday night here at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm calling out of Baltimore, and on the line we have with us... Brian Johnson. Hey, what's going on? Hey, man, what's going on? It's another week, man, another show. How you feeling? Hey, I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. I'm definitely ready for our show this week. As usual, we have a great lineup, so I'm, I'm just uh, flat-out excited, man. Yeah, you know, before we even get started, man, I've got to start the show off with a very, very special shout-out and a happy birthday to uh, the most important 10-year-old in my life, my son Jordan. He just turned 10 years old today, so super excited about that. want to wish him a happy birthday live on the air. Happy birthday, Jordan. So I wanted to do that right off the jump. Hey, if, so, you're, if um, your son is 10 years old, man, you know that means you're, you are an old man. So uh, congratulations to you. That's that's a 10-year anniversary of having that uh, the, the firstborn. That's that's big news. Thank you, man. I'm going to um, skip past the I'm getting old part. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but absolutely, man, a decade, 10 years, man, it's a long time. I can't think of many things I've done for 10 years. Uh, so parenting him has been definitely a journey and great. But um, yeah, speaking of 10 years, I think it's been more than that since the Lions have been uh, good two years ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, man, what a tough uh, football weekend, man. You know what? I thought that I would uh, would escape your wrath uh, last week. <laughs> but you're absolutely right, man. It's, it's that, I was thinking the other day about how it's like a tale of two years. Last year around this time, I was – on top of the world in terms of football um, now uh, that last weekend. It's just it's tough. I mean, the Lions, I could take the Michigan losing to Ohio is just terrible. Um, if you know anything about yeah, that rivalry, about it, that yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a long, uh, if you know anything about that rivalry, it's a long offseason, long year uh, when you are on the losing end. And I had a good time last year. This year we gave it away. So it's going to be tough, man. I'll, I'll be happy when Maryland comes on it in the, um, in the Big Ten and we can whoop up on them a little bit. But uh, but right now we have to eat some humble pie for, for about a good year before we play that terrible, terrible, evil team uh, next year. Lions, though, man, it's just, you know, just time to hang it up. I don't know what's going on with, with them. I think Jim Schwartz is probably going to lose his job and, he probably should. So, hey, what do you do? What do you do? Yeah. I, I know the uh, the Ravens have been squeaking by, so, so I don't yeah, know. You know. I guess as long as you're winning games, you're okay. The Ravens do what the Ravens do. They play the tough teams, and they they play hard. They play the teams that they should beat, and they make it, uh, you know, they make it look bad. That's just what they do. They play to the level of their competition, uh, especially on the road, which is it's crazy. I mean, we um, are 15 and 0 in our last. Uh, 15 home games, 
Uh, however, we're on the road. I think we're what three and three on the road, maybe four and two right now. But uh, we just we just don't play like we should play. You know, like, like you expect. We don't play enough for me to be comfortable about what we're going to do in the playoffs when we get there. And that's the thing. You know, right now I think um, we we're, we're sitting comfortably atop the uh, AFC North. We got Pittsburgh again next uh, this Sunday, and they're they're depleted Pittsburgh. Uh, so we should be able to beat them again. But Cincinnati is creeping up. You know, we've beaten them once. We got them the last game of the season. But uh, we, we just, you know, I mean, Ray Rice had the play of the year, if you ask me, on 4th and 29 uh, to go ahead and get that first down to save our 9-2 our and two record. But, um, yeah, it, it was definitely not a good-looking game, but a W nonetless. So we, uh, well, you we know, I, I know how I know how the women feel because while you're doing all that talking, I totally zoned out because I don't even care about the NFL <laughs> anymore. <laughs> I, I actually have the uh, Michigan basketball on because we're ranked number three, man. So we're 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 walking on Maryland's turf next week. We'll have to talk a little basketball so I can talk okay. trash. We're giving it to uh, to North Carolina State right now, right down the street at, in the Chrysler Center. It's what they call it. it. Used to be Chrysler Arena, but now it's the Chrysler Center. And uh, man, they they got a nice spanking new uh, facility and a great team. So we'll talk about that next week, though, man. We got to talk about that. All right, good stuff, man. So you know, moving on to GPI, you have Black Friday, Cyber Monday, Small Business Tuesday. I think um, Saturday might have been something else as well. Uh, did you get anything? I said, your kids aren't listening, so I don't know, you know, did you get anything right, right. off the <laughs> You know, a funny story about that, man. I actually, um, well, I usually don't even think about that, especially Black Friday, because I don't like being out shopping. But my wife will attest to the fact that I am a rabid Internet shopper. I mean, there's always something being delivered from Amazon. I, I buy used books all the time and all that. So I wasn't about to buy anything, but on Good Morning America, they said that they had deals on that Kindle Fire for like 129 So I had oh, wow. to go ahead and cop that Kindle Fire. And, um, and you know, I'm writing this book and, and want to do an e-book. So I said that I was buying it for research purposes. But then when my <laughs> wife busted me and said, hey, how'd this money come out? I said, well, you know, it might be a good gift for the kids. And she said, oh, yeah, well, they're going to love opening that up. And I'm thinking, huh? I mean, i got to wait to open my Kindle Fire? Uh, so Christmas to do that? I mean, <laughs> I with some other alibi, man. <laughs> other than that, I didn't know. What about you? Did you do well, any shopping? You, you know, nah, nah, didn't do any shopping, man. Uh, didn't do any shopping. What you can do, though, is you can tell your wife you need to go ahead and open it up so you can download some of the apps so it's ready right. to go. When, when it Test drive it. <laughs> yeah, you know what exactly. I mean? I, you're right. I can't pull out the Reynolds wrap and, and, and wrap it back up like that was what it came in. My kids are seven and, and four. They probably have no idea that that's not the the packaging that Amazon would have sent <laughs> sent it in. But, uh, but, but you know, now that you mention it, uh, I don't know if you heard about it, but actually uh, Tuesday was Giving Tuesday. Have you heard anything about that? Yeah, I knew. I, I got it confused. Saturday was Small Business Saturday. Uh, Sunday was UC Church Sunday. And Tuesday was giving Tuesday. Yeah. So, uh, it was. So, no, what, what you're supposed to do is, you know, since they have Cyber Monday, I mean, yeah, Cyber Monday and uh, Black Friday, uh, a lot of nonprofits are trying to start this yearly thing where you basically give to a, non- a nonprofit. So, shoot, maybe next year, man, we'll have to find a nonprofit to give to and, and do that. That might be kind of yeah. cool, but. Absolutely. Hey, give to give to people, man. There's a lot to be thankful for, so we have to we have to remember the, the those that are less fortunate as well. 
Absolutely, man, absolutely. Before we go to our, our segment, our, our first segment, one last thing, man. We you know we can't start the show and not discuss uh, the big NE tribute that happened on the Soul Train Awards. Uh, on was it, I don't remember the day it was. Was that Thanksgiving that that came on? Uh, no, Sunday. No, it was Sunday. It was Sunday. It was Sunday. Right. Yeah. It was Sunday, any Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. We had Cyber Monday and any Sunday. So. <laughs> 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 you know, I wasn't on Facebook real heavy that uh, over the weekend, but uh, yeah, I, I did go on there real quick when the tribute came on. You know, my take is I, I was expecting more. I was expecting uh, it really to be. Um, I thought there was going to be some performances, some people singing songs. Like, like we've seen tributes happen. I thought that we were going to see some some groups come out there and sing a song or two, uh, really show any some love. And then I thought it was going to be a big any performance. I don't know how, you know, I, I, I would love to see 20 minutes. I know they don't do that on award shows. But I would have loved to see something like that. And I just I just was like, you know, it was great seeing them out there, but it just seemed like it was just so short. It just seemed like it was disjointed. It was at the, it was at the end. I, you know, well, well, what, I'll what tell you, you what. That, that actually, actually, unfortunately, they weren't at the end. At the the the, the well, very right ending here, song was by Stevie Wonder, and then Two Chains was before him. But we 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 might have to talk about that another time. But uh, okay, but I was, I, mean, I, I watch. Yes, right. <laughs> I definitely feel you. I I think you know I I'd ex, I expected more. I wasn't so upset about you know other people not doing tributes because, you know, unless NSYNC was out there, I, I'm just not really feeling anybody <laughs> else doing any tribute. But um, but I do think they should have had more time, man. I mean, they hit three they hit three little songs, and, you know, their their catalog is so vast that you would have thought that they could have, you know, hit some songs and did some more breakdowns and stuff like that. But uh, other piece was that, you know, and I don't I – don't, mean to sound weird or anything but i i was like man show new edition like i understand it's an award show but stop showing all these people like singing the songs and in the crowd because a lot of people don't get to see them perform and i think it would right. see them perform more because if you ever go to a, a live show i mean nobody nobody tops new edition except maybe michael jackson and uh janet <clears throat> in her prime or right. something like that so so yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. with you. I'm glad they got their due though, and and, uh, and they need next they need a, a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. They need to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, in my opinion. So Absolutely. we'll see what happens there. So and I gotta ask Ron about how does he look so young? I mean, he dude's like he's 16 years old. But, um, <laughs> you know, but uh, let's move on, man, because uh, you know this has been November. This has been our second anniversary month. Uh, this is the last month, uh, last week of our anniversary month. And uh, the fourth week of every month, we do a pro bono segment where we get our free legal advice from our resident legal eagle, uh, V. Van Johnson III. And this is a special uh, show because this is actually because of the holidays coming up next month. This is going to be his last uh, show of the year of 2012. So, Van, welcome to the show, man. Good evening. Good evening. How y'all doing? Doing great. Doing great. I'm going to throw you a curveball right off the bat. Now, when when you were young, who in New Edition were you? I'm sorry. When you were young, who who were you in New Edition? I was always Ron DeVoe. I know Brian you know, thought he was Ralph. Who were you? <laughs> I was I fit to myself as Ralph, but I think I had a lot to do with the hair, you know, the curls and all that. But, but uh, well, I don't I don't know if anybody else would say that because I couldn't hit those high notes. Right. Well, right. well, Van, did you know them? Because I mean, you know, they're they're from around your way. Yeah. Yeah, they're from Boston. I, actually, a lot of what I knew about New Edition was was how they they used to get chased to the bus, and they they weren't they weren't quite the hooligans they present themselves as. But 
you know, but they they had they had an interesting background. Okay. <laughs> well, good stuff, man. See, Bam's got the inside information. You know, Vanderbilt is right next to I wait a new edition. So let's talk to him later about that. But, uh, uh, we 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 bug. We're fooling around. Uh, but man, we wanted to talk to you about a couple of things. Um, one really pertinent thing that's, that's happening right now, but also some things to really uh, get us ready for the new year coming in. Some things that people should look into. Uh, but you know, I was driving today, and I, I don't play the lottery. I don't play uh, Mega Ball, Power Ball, whatever the, the Mega Millions, whatever they're called. I don't play them. However, mm-hmm. I was driving down the street today, and I saw that the finance said it was up to five hundred million dollars. That made a brother look. I'm not going to lie. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, so I know when the when the money gets up high like this, the last one was over three hundred million dollars. There was a group of teachers from Baltimore who who won, as well as some other people. So right off the bat, man, we wanted to ask you from the legal side, give us some advice for those who are going into these lottery pools at work. Uh, what do they need to know about how to legally set that up so they can uh, prevent themselves or others from being screwed in the process? Because we had the we know about the uh, the lady at McDonald's here, right here down the street from where I live, uh, who uh-huh. supposedly was the holder of the tickets at McDonald's. We got into a lot of trouble right. with that, you know. Tell, what, what advice can you give us to make sure that doesn't happen to, to the real winner of this five hundred million? Well, you know, my my advice always, you know, Brian, I, people hear from me all the time is, you know, consult. Go see an attorney, but I know that you know most people. Um, if you're putting in, you know, ten dollars or twenty dollars a piece to buy some lottery tickets, are not going to um, go seek counsel to draft some, you know, written agreement as to how how they how they, that venture would proceed. But you know, I think probably the most important thing is, is to put whatever their whatever the agreement is going to be between the parties in writing. I mean, although it's a small amount of money going in, potentially not knowing what people would put in, but now you start talking about you know five you know five hundred million and that's that's a lot of money uh, and you, you're certainly going to want something in writing um, to reflect what the understanding of the parties was uh, be going into the arrangement. Uh, I think the most important thing that you want in there is what's what's the amount of the contribution that each person is responsible for, uh, whether it's you know ten dollars, twenty dollars, a hundred dollars, whatever. Um, I think that that certainly needs to be in there. I think probably. As important or equally important is when that money has to be contributed, because you know a lot. There certainly can be a situation where you know nine out of ten people put their money in, and you know one person says, "Well, well you know, I'll take care of it after, or I'll get you all next week, or whatever." And then you hit, and then now, you know, what was the agreement? And what was the, what was the understanding? Because I would say that you certainly want to have you know what the contribution is, when it has to be provided, and, and to whom. Um, and I certainly would suggest that, that if you're going to do it, that you never allow for anyone to contribute after whatever the, the relevant date of the drawing is. And obviously, it's probably best to have that money when those tickets are being purchased, just to avoid, um, you know, any any hanky pankies. Okay. One of the other, one of the another important thing is that whoever's going to purchase the tickets, whether it's one or two, however, however those are going to be purchased, you know, that, that those should be the only tickets that are purchased at at that place and at that time. I mean that that certainly could be an issue if you're getting if you're getting tickets, um, you get you get 20 tickets for the group and you and you get 20 tickets for yourself and then you know then you hit and you know the 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 obvious human temptation is to be well that was one of my tickets to hit yeah you know y'all y'all just missed it by that much um, so I would suggest that you know obviously that if if you're going to be purchasing tickets for the group those are the only tickets that will be purchased um, at that time and Definitely. everyone you know and and probably third. I would suggest that everyone has copies of all the tickets 
before the drawing. And if you have a situation, um, you know, down in Maryland with the woman who had claimed she had the ticket, you know, if, if everybody has tickets, if everybody has copies of the tickets and you know, you know, when the drawing takes place that, that those one of your tickets hits, it's probably going to make it much more, much less likely that, um, that you know, someone's going to try to be uh, fast and loose with, with those group tickets. Great stuff. That's exactly what happens. You try to say what tickets with hers and, and which ones were uh, the groups and all that. And then, I mean, she was lying the whole time. That's the craziest part. But uh right. other stuff. So, um, fortunately for everyone, though, with that. Like I said, it's a problem. Oh, go ahead. The most important thing is if, is if if this happens and there's a problem is to call me because I'll certainly help you out. You, know, <laughs> you don't have to worry about nothing. We, we'll certainly help you out on that one. It doesn't matter. Yeah, where I you are, the easy thing is, fortunately, no one has to worry about it because I'm going to be the only winner. So I'm not splitting it with anyone. I'm not in the pool with anyone. So yeah, I'll definitely share. I just I'm not in the pool, so I don't have to worry about that. So <laughs> that's right. That's right. What, and it, 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 your, your odds probably don't increase that much more by you know by being in the pool. But but you know, it's it's I what people do. Yeah, I heard that today, and I'm not a mathematician. Let me get um, Opal Jones on the line. Uh, but I heard that. Buying, like, one in three is really where the odds are. Like, buying 30 tickets, you have no better chance with um, buying from one in three if you buy three tickets. So I don't know how that works, but that's what I'm hearing. Yeah, I so. think that Jared might be able to – Jared's the numbers guy. He might be able to talk about that. Okay, right. <laughs> cool. All right, so we want to uh, – Brian, you still there? Yep, I'm still here. All right, cool. I'm getting notes that we're, some people aren't able to catch the show – we are on the air, so for those who are able to catch it, we are here. But um, we'll keep on moving because the show does record, so you get the replay. But um, we, we uh, wanted to go into 2012, and then there are three things we wanted to talk to about some, and I call these uh, our New Year's legal solutions. So some uh, three things that are going into 2012 that we want to uh, kind of make sure that legally, uh, you, you, you said as far as people should make sure they're seeking legal advice about, um, these three things. And the first thing we want to talk about is uh, starting a business. I know this is a big thing a lot of people like to get involved with and do uh, going into the new year especially. Uh, so what, what are some of the um, important things about getting a legal advice when, when starting a business? Well, you know, if, you know, if you're anytime you're thinking about starting a business, you know, you're obviously going to have to choose, you know, what what's going to be your entity if it's going to be an entity at all. You could be a sole proprietor and um, simply, you know, report, you know, any income um, on a schedule on your taxes. But I think, you know, one of the first things you've got to consider is do I want to be an entity? Do I want to incorporate, be an LLC, uh, or excuse me, a limited liability company, a limited liability partnership? Um, but that's certainly something you want to talk to an attorney and, you know, and or an accountant about um, because, you know, uh, there are going to be certain, certain, certainly some ramifications about what entity you choose. Um, taxation, particularly, you know, if you if you start making good money, if you're a corporation, you don't certainly want to be, you don't want to be taxed twice. Um, so you may want to choose an S corporation, which is going to flow through tax right to the to the individuals. But you know, certainly, you know, the, I think the benefits you get from even if you, even if all you do is sit down with an attorney for an hour, uh, as you're talking about, as you're thinking about going forward with starting a business, is you know, is you're going to I think you're going to certainly get a lot out of that conversation, just because of the experience of the attorney. And having seen some of the things, the way things that go, things that go wrong. Um, if I spend, you know, if I spend an hour with somebody, um, who and it's a couple of people that are that are starting a business, I'll probably tell them in that hour probably seven you know, to ten times 
um, that it's important to talk about everything as you're forming this entity and to get everything that you want into the operating agreement um, so that everything's clear going in because that's what you're going to want on the way out. And no matter how often you tell people that, you know, someone will start a business and, you know, lots of times businesses wrap up relatively quickly and people want to go their separate ways. And we hear over and over again how, how thankful they are that they did went through that process because that really can save a lot of time and energy and money on the way out. Um, so those, those, I think that's the most important thing. Great points. Now, now you talked about things going wrong, and you're right. Things can go wrong in your business life, but things can also go r- wrong in your personal life. And I know, you know, I pray quite a bit uh, that everybody in my family is safe around the holidays. You always hear about people uh, passing and that type of thing. So as you think about estate planning um, in the new year, I think that's a great resolution to get some of that those things straight. What are, what are some things in terms of estate planning that you would recommend uh, people start thinking about? Oh, always, you know, the, the three things, that, you know, I think the three most important things, one is, is, to, is to get yourself a will, um, a will that's obviously going to with disposing of your property. That's obviously going to be more important if you have married, with children, um, if, you know, particularly mixed, fa- you know, uh, mixed families, that type of, those type of things. I mean, having a will, you know, that's just, it's just a grown-up thing to do. We, everybody doesn't want to do it um, because it, I think it makes it, it sometimes makes us face our, our mortality. But the reality is that you should have a will. Um, and, you know, as you go, even preparing to do a will, one of the good things it does is it kind of forces you to pull lots, lots of documents and things together that you may not necessarily always have in one place. And that's a good process to have, whether it's you individually, if you you and your spouse, uh, whatever, but your will. Uh, a durable power of attorney, um, and it's, you know, and I use, and I use terms that, that are, that, that are, Pretty generic, but you know they may be different from state to state. So obviously, folks will want to touch base with someone in their state. But a durable power of attorney that you know we think you know will is if you if if you pass away, but a durable power of attorney uh, would would come into play if you're incapacitated in some way um, for so that someone can make can essentially step into your shoes and handle the business that needs to take to take place for you uh, if you're incapacitated, whether it's a head injury or you know or you simply just, you know, you fall out and end up in a, in a coma, that type of thing. But if, if you have a durable power of attorney, it would survive that incapacity um, and allow someone, whether it's your spouse or, uh, you know, a cousin or someone close to you, um, to make those uh, legal decisions for you. Right. Uh, and then the, the, the last thing, which we were in Massachusetts, we, retur- we refer to it as a health care proxy, or some people in some places we refer to it as a living will, is a document that allows someone to make those health choices for you choices for your care um, in the in the event that you're not able to make those choices for yourself. But those are, those three things are probably the most important things that, that people certainly need to worry about. And obviously when you're talking about a will, going back, I apologize for jumping around, but as you were talking about a will, you're going to be thinking about um, guardianship um, or, you know, who's going to take care of any minor children or minor dependents. And those are obviously important decisions to make together. So real quick, um, I've seen really complex wills and i've seen wills that you know basically just says you know i leave everything to my wife how how complex <laughs> does your will have to be well you know obviously you know it's 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 really if if you've got a small if you've got a small estate you know typically and again it's going to vary from state to state you know and and some states you can actually do what's called a, it's a holographic will where you can actually sit down and actually just write out a will you know by hand um, and that's that's your will. You can you you write it out. You sign it. That's your will, and, and a court would 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 abide by the terms 
as it's a it's a perfectly valid will uh, in in Massachusetts and I and I'm sure many other states you have you need a little more formality to a will where you may need multiple witnesses it needs to be signed in a certain way has to have certain language in the will in order for it to be recognized by a court. Gotcha. When you said holographic, I all of a sudden saw Tupac. Exactly. You're absolutely right. And, but but it, 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 yeah, yes, that's what it's called a holographic will, but it just means it's handwritten. And, uh, <laughs> right. How long were they mourning? No. Well, here's another question. Um, I, we got a question uh, in in our inboxes about the um, the price of an attorney <laughs> because you know one of the things that scares people the most is they think they're going to have to pay an arm and a leg for an attorney to look over something um, that didn't that wasn't that complex. What is a reasonable and I use reasonable in quotes of course uh, rate for an attorney? Well, well, what I'll tell you, um, you know. Per- in terms of professional responsibility in all 50, all 50 states and everywhere else I know of um, is that it, an attorney can only charge a reasonable fee, um, and that's going to be based in, in large part on the attorney's experience, where they're practicing, you know, what the area of practice is, any special skills the attorney has. But, you know, I, you, you typically should be able to find someone, particularly if you're able to find someone who's a solo or a small practitioner, uh, small firm practitioner, there's probably going to be, you know, I, I would, you know, what I would think would be reasonable, but reasonable, but you know, I think that's going to, it's going to, it's certainly going to vary. I would, I would say this though, if you're talking about um, someone to review an agreement that you're entering into where there's a potential, you've got to obviously think about what's your potential exposure on the end of the agreement. Um, if you've got a substantial exposure, um, if it's, you know, potentially $50,000 that you're, that you could be exposed for, um, and that doesn't, that obviously wouldn't include the cost of litigation to defend it. But you know, on the flip side, if it's if it's a five hundred dollar bill to you know to have someone review it and to consult with someone, I would personally think that's a good investment. And you know, in understanding how these things play out on the litigation side, uh, I certainly know many many people who would say, I wish I had spent you know an hour or two hours worth of an attorney's time um, to review something as opposed to ending up you know on on the other end. All right. Man, we have a caller who uh, has a question for you, so uh, we're going to see if we can help him out. Rob, welcome to the show. Hey, what's going on, fellas? Brian, hey, Brian, where are you calling from? Rob Burks in Cincinnati, Ohio. How are you doing? All right. Great, great. Welcome to the show. You got a question for Van? Yeah, question. Uh, once you've had your, your wills, power of attorneys drawn, um, what – steps specifically do you need to take to execute them so that they are uh will be upheld in court should something happen to you what specific steps is it is it having them notarized or or what is it well see that's a, that's an excellent excellent question and and that's going to vary it's going to vary from state to state and the, and I can tell you um and, and I'll and I'll use Massachusetts as an example I used to you're in Ohio so it probably would be relatively easy to find that out you could probably search on on the web and find did I say the web? Excuse me, the internet and uh, <laughs> information. <laughs> but um, but I can, in, for example, in Massachusetts, um, a, in order for a will to be valid, it has to be it has to be executed um, by everyone has to be in the room at the same time. It has to be two witnesses that sign it. And actually, one of the formalities is the will has to, if if it's if it's stapled, it has to be stapled together 
and remain in one piece. If it's separated apart, then it's invalid. Those type of things. But that's going to be those are going to be very uh, specific from state to state. Some you know some jurisdictions would simply require to be notarized. You'd sign it in the presence of a notary, um, and that would be fine. They may require witnesses, but it's going to it's that's going to vary from state to state. Uh, you know I don't you know I don't typically push you know legal zoom or or any you know any of those types of businesses but i w- i would hazard a guess that if you if you got if you purchased a will from one of those entities and it was state specific that that those requirements would be in there otherwise you could just um take the time to do a little bit of research yourself and uh and and find that out for your specific jurisdiction what's required to formalize the will uh that's that's, that's good information i I'll, I'll share that um <laughs> I'm almost afraid now that I've got a real attorney on the phone. But I went to the library and got a, uh, a will-making disc, and then I filled it out, completed it uh, using you know, using that that software. And then I actually have Legal Shield, formerly prepaid Legal. I had them review it and tell me uh, if they had any concerns and things of that nature. But I've fallen just short of the finish line and haven't had it executed. Meaning. Uh, you know, meaning notarized or whatever the Ohio statutes are. Uh, right. Well, it sounds like you've done everything you need to do. If you've had it, if you've had it reviewed by an attorney licensed to practice in the jurisdiction, and they tell you all you need to do is, is, is whether it's sign here and have it notarized or whatever they tell you, I I would defer to them on that. You know, having not done the research myself. Awesome. Well, you know, before we even get to the next question, I need to give uh, Van a standing ovation because somebody said prepaid legal and legal shield, and Van didn't, like, <laughs> rebel. No, <laughs> he, no. He hit legal shield in the gut, but, I mean, he hit legal zoom in the gut, but he hit. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I, I joke about that. You know, that's, you know, you're just talking, you're talking about my money there, man. That's all. That's all. Right. It's <laughs> like, so pay me my 250 an hour. All this, all this monthly fees, I'm not feeling it. Well, yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, Rob, thanks for calling in. Yeah, no problem. No problem. All right. All right. Just forgot we had a caller. Didn't say goodbye. Nothing. Just said, you know what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, well, man, we have one more question for you. I definitely want to thank Rob again for calling in. Cincinnati. So uh, I want to have one more question for you, though. Um, going back to the New Year's uh, legal solutions, the last thing, because uh, we did say it was three pieces, uh, people who want to purchase real estate or, or lease out uh, real estate in the New Year, uh, you know, give us some advice on that. What, what kind of things or why uh, should the legal um, aspect be so important to be taken care of right up front with that this year, coming into 2013, well, rather? You know, I th- I think you know, and I'm obviously I'm in New England, and New England, you know, there's there's typically always an attorney involved in the conveyance of any interest in land, obviously on a, on a sale or purchase of real estate, um, but you know, typically on a especially on a commercial lease, you know, people tend to tend to you know deal with an attorney on those, but I I I think that having an attorney at least review. Uh, whether it's a purchase and sale agreement, or and I like to, I actually like to sit down with people at the offer stage before they even, um, before they even make an offer on real estate. I think it's, I think it's invaluable. Just even, just again, you know, kind of going back to what we talked about on business formation, is you can simply pick the brain of someone who's dealt with, you know, potentially thousands of transactions, and you get the benefit of all that, and you can avoid many of the mistakes that, that people have made over time. 
um, just by sitting down with someone. And, you know, for me, that's not even something I would charge someone for. If someone comes to me with a purchase and sale agreement and says, can you take a look at it? Well, I certainly can, you know, take the time to, to do that. Um, and, and I think most attorneys um, aren't going to charge you for that uh, because obviously they're looking to do uh, looking to do the legal work associated with it if you decide to go forward. Um, but I think that, you know, I think that having an attorney involved in that, you know, with the purchase of real estate, uh, I think that's, uh, I think I think it's certainly key. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was confused for a second. I'm like, oh, wow, you mean the attorney's going to do something for free? But then you said because you guys going to get paid bigger money on the back end. So. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Listen, listen, listen we, that's, that, that's just shoe money. That's shoe money, man. My kids need shoes. <laughs> <laughs> man, good stuff, good stuff. Well, well, man, we are uh, out of time, man. We want to uh, definitely wish you a a merry Christmas, happy New Year, since we won't have you on the air until uh, 2013. But uh, any, uh, and thank you first of all for all the work you've done for 2012 and, and all the value you've brought to the Ryan and Brian show. Uh, and just give you a chance now, you know, give us any information left that you want to go ahead and give out, uh, uh, you know, parting words as we get ready to close out 2012, man. Well, I think the, the only thing I would want to say is that you all, have doing, you all continue to do a, fa- a fabulous job. I said fabulous. I'm just playing fabulous. myself tonight. You did fabulous. Fabulous. a great fabulous. fabulous. It's just fabulous. Thank you so much. <laughs> you, 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 I think you all really do a great job, uh, not only with, with the radio show, but with the group and uh, you maintaining that. So I just, you know, kudos to you guys. Um, and I think, you know, for everyone else, I think we, you know, we certainly appreciate everything you do. Hey, thanks All a lot, right. man. But sometimes we feel so unappreciated, so, so we appreciate those yeah. kind words. <laughs> oh, trust, right, trust, trust, there, there certainly are some times we don't appreciate you, but most of the time we do. Okay? <laughs> 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 Take it easy, man. All right. No, uh, have a great night. All right. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, it's, it's funny. Why did I just get a Facebook message that said, you know, NE is on the Soul Train Awards right now on BET? <laughs> I'm laughing, but I don't know what's funny. <laughs> because it's like, right that now? was on last night. Like, that's the replay that this person's doing. Oh, okay. Like so they, were, they were saying it like it was new. Yeah, and like it was, was new. Like it was a new information. Come on, man. <laughs> Breaking you know, news we, for you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Breaking news. <laughs> Shut the show down. New edition going right now. You got to see it. Uh, okay. <laughs> man, let's move on, man. We got a next guest uh, on the line, and I know you you are doing a lot of research. Uh, <laughs> next guest. <laughs> Go ahead and uh, introduce our next guest, man. All right, all right, man. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, I met this gentleman actually on Facebook. Um, he's a a fellow political like myself, uh, we get quite heated uh, battling conservatives all over the Internet. Uh, but somebody mentioned that he actually founded iCandyModeling.com. And, and, and just for a little background, iCandyModeling, like I've known about that site, it seems like, like through my whole high school career, something I don't know where I found when I discovered that. And all my friends know about it. I was shocked that this guy – uh, actually uh, was the, the founder and creator of Eye Candy Modeling. So it is my pleasure to uh, bring to the to the uh, show today Mr. Anthony Thomas. Welcome to the show. 
Uh, thank you very much. What up, though? <laughs> <laughs> What's happening? What's happening? So we we take it you're from uh, Detroit with the uh, yeah you know. <laughs> hey, sweet. Well, uh, well, awesome, man. Hey, you know my our first question is just you know how did you get started? Because the thing for those who haven't seen I Candy Modeling, the the kind of sh- the shoots that they do remind you of a lot of these King magazines, show magazines, but it seems like it got started before a lot of those magazines got popular. So could you just talk to us about, you know, where the concept come from when you start that type of thing? Um, we actually started it in 2001. Um, it was right when, you know, um, people were more getting on the Internet more, and um, it was a way to show that girls who, you know, um, especially girls of color, it was not really a market for them at first. Because you know, to be a you know a high fashion model, you have to be five foot nine, shaped like a coat hanger, because that's what you're supposed to be to walk coat hangers. Mm-hmm. We started Eye Candy to pretty much show that there was appreciation of women who might not have that height, or you know, and we like our women a little bit more curvier. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of women of color are curvier. You know, so we started to show it as a market for them too, and. What the women with curves do, they usually are in the men's magazine market. So um, we're displaying them, uh, our images and our models on the internet, and it, it just blew up. You know, it, it, it's surprising. I remember back in the day, girls used to get real uh, <laughs> offended. Like they would think like being on the internet was disrespectful, <laughs> and now you see everybody's on the internet. You know, their images with their cell phone pictures in the mirror trying to be a model and everything. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Right. Trying to put you out of business. <laughs> right, right. I mean, to be honest with you, man, social media, like, this, like, we started this, like, before the MySpace, you know, when everybody was on MySpace and mm-hmm. uh, Facebook. And, I mean, I'm telling my age, but, you know, right. um, you know, back then, all we had was Black Planet. I don't know if y'all remember Black Planet, don't yeah, y'all? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, so that's the only thing we had at that time, you know, like in that market. And now, like I said, it it got bigger and bigger. And then, you know, we start having different people having trying to do the same concept we're doing. You know, it's kind of like, hey, this is how you can get girls. Right. A camera. <laughs> so, so. so tell me this. I mean, were were you in college? What were you doing before you got this started? You know, do you do this? Um, my partner, we uh, he went to we both went to Michigan State University. Um, I was two years older than him, so I was out of college and I was working uh, in my field. And he was still in college, but he was like the president of like student affairs up there, and he knew a bunch of girls. And I started just like as a hobby, and um, you know it, it became something bigger than where I was able to you know just work for ourselves and you know. It paid to be around a bunch of beautiful women, so it's not a bad job. So, uh, Anthony, let me ask you this now. I can neither confirm nor deny that I've actually ever seen eye candy models. Um, I don't know why. Yeah, I've seen it a whole lot. But so my question, though, is the first question, rather, as I peruse the website for research purposes. Um, right, right. You said you've been in business since 2001. I mean, that's, what, uh, 12, 13 years almost, well, 11, 12 years yeah. now. Um, well, we started at the end of 2001, yeah. Okay. So what, what, what did some of 
I'm sure there's no shortage of beautiful black women out there, but what what has it been about you guys that that has made you stand out and really have had that longevity uh, throughout uh, the, 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 over the last decade, uh, where where you have other sites that uh, aren't necessarily doing the kind of work that you guys are doing? Well, the thing is, what what got me is now used to back in the day used to be called the urban market or glamour market. Now it's called the eye candy market. You know, so that being the genre of um, what they call it today lets me know that, like, everybody loves the word eye candy. You know, that they know what eye candy means. And it's because of us, because of what we started. I mean, there's so many different variations of eye candy that people are coming up with. It's irritating, but, you know, like, they'll spell it different. They'll add something else on it. You know, spell it with an I, spell it with a K. You know what I'm saying? Just, just. It's it's weird, but um, the thing is that we're respected and girls love us because we don't do anything to like you know tarnish their image or we're not you know we're professionals with us with uh, how we treat them and we look out for them. We provide them opportunities. Um, um, girls blew up some you know a lot of girls blew up and you know been on the covers of magazines and videos and TV shows and. Um, that's one of the things we're mostly famous for, like a lot of the reality show girls. So, um, <laughs> so who are some okay. who are some kind of ho- household names that have come from eye candy modeling? Okay, we all know that it was no like, I guess you want to call it black reality show into Flavor of Love. Right. You know, a lot of people looked at it as, oh my God, it's horrible. But you kept watching, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so you know, people was on their high horse, like favorite love, so disrespect. You know, like everything. You remember Martin was disrespectful at one point. <laughs> you know, black right. girls just make everything hard. But anyway, um, flavor love. You know, we had the winner. Um, the first season was hoops. Mm-hmm. You know, um, she came from our camp, and um, we actually helped get her on a show. So then the second season rolled around. Um, another girl from Detroit. We had delicious. She was. So it was kind of weird because, like, on the Internet, they were saying, like, oh, VH1 has a, a contract with eye candy. Anybody they put on, you know, they win the show. So, which wasn't, it just was coincidence that two girls from our camp, you know, who from Detroit won. You know what I mean? So it it was really huge. Then, then you had the spinoff shows, and we were shooting girls, you know, from the spinoff shows, and, like, you know, and it, it just became VH1 just the king of reality shows. Now you got the housewives and all that. It's it's crazy, man. It's just one flavor. Flavor Flay started the like the black reality shows. Right, right. I, I was one. I, I I went all the way through Stallionaires and everything, man. I was watching like right. every little spinoff for a minute. Love Ray J. I, I kind of had to. I kind of fell off on on the second season though. Second season, I did watch. <laughs> right, and we shot every like a girl from every single reality show because a lot of them come to us because they know that from all the flavor of love girls we shot, they like okay, we need to get these images to help market ourselves. And they go on tour and, you know, go meet their fans. And, you know, they make a lot of money from that. Like, like people people slip on that, but they make a lot of money. You can talk about it all you want, but you go, they're making money. So, right. hey. So, we have a, a question from one of our uh, online listeners, uh, and she wants to know, uh, I'm sure she's just asking for research purposes as well, but what <laughs> what makes a girl an eyes candy girl? Like what, what makes her qualified to get 
down with the ECM? Well, um, like me personally, I like all types of girls, all shapes and uh, sizes, but it's pretty much uh, what you see in men's magazines. You know, uh, curvy, sexy, pretty face. I mean, the first thing that catches me is your face. Your face got to be hot, you know. Um, but in the men's magazine market, it's like, okay, she's pretty, but what else she got? She got nice legs, nice chest, nice stomach, nice butt, whatever. You know what I'm saying? So there has to be something about you besides your face that, you know, catches a guy's attention. So, you know, that's what I can. And you, know, you can't be shy, you know what I'm saying? You know, you're not going to buy a picture of a girl who's in a turtleneck and a skirt down to her ankles versus a bikini. Like, if you had a choice, you know, which one would you spend? I might buy a picture of delicious in a turtleneck. It is cold outside, you know. But, you know, I propose that question to a lot of girls, too, like, like, well, who's your favorite, like, actor or whatever? Like, you know, because they'd be like, well, a lot of girls have to be, like, you know, basically, you know, showing, showing skin. I'd say, uh, well, who's your favorite actor or a rapper or whatever? So if you had $10 and this $10 has to go to purchase of a picture of your favorite actor, would you, like, purchase one of him in a tuxedo or would you purchase one of him in his underwear? And... Girls were like, yeah, most likely I'll buy the one with him in their underwear. You know what I'm saying? So it's the same thing. Right. right. Gotcha. So, so um, I Candy Modeling is a website, but are there any kind of spinoff businesses? I mean, how what what types of opportunities do you do you provide once somebody gets in the camp? Well, a lot of things that uh, we do, like people come looking for girls for like uh, videos and. Um, magazines and um, hosting events and uh, promo modeling and stuff like that. I actually just got out of a meeting um, with a promo group that needed models there uh, for like uh, this boxing ring thing, um, boxing matches and stuff like that. So, you know, we do help out with opportunities like that. Uh, we even started a website called I Candy Castings for uh, keeping girls, you know, informed about you know, what's the latest and greatest going on in, in like, the eye candy market. Um, um, We also do promo. Like, we actually go showcase our girls. We do parties. We host parties, you know, for ourselves as a a group, as a core group, uh, eye candy girls. I mean, nothing like coming to a party uh, and you're seeing in the VIP a bunch of pretty girls. You know what I'm saying? So that's what we do. Very true. Very true. (laughs) So, uh, okay. So, so anyway, if um, so, if somebody wants to be an eye candy model, what what exactly would they do? If they feel like they have to look, you know, pretty face and uh, and you know the all the rest. Big booty. Um, <laughs> no, you don't. You don't have to. <laughs> I won't put my birthday, but um, no, you just uh, on the website it's an application actually that they fill out and submit their pictures, and if they hot enough, we. We hit them up and see what's up. Like, you know, we were originally, like said, from Detroit. I moved down to Atlanta. My partner's down in Miami. Um, we established um, something in I, I, L.A. We're trying to get that popping. Um, yeah, we just try to try to bring eye candy from all over the country, all over the world, though. We get girls from the U.K. And, like, I even had girls from Australia hit us up. Like, I'm like, wow, Australia? Like, right. <laughs> That's crazy. 
So, um, so can you share all your information uh, with people who may not know about the site or, or where to find you and, and and that type of thing? Even even your Facebook page, if you want, Facebook groups. Okay. <laughs> all right. Um, the website is icandymolin dot com, just like it's supposed to be spelled: e y e c a n d y m o t l i n g. Um, my Twitter is icandyanthony. That's at at e y e c a n d y a n t h o m n y. Uh, that's my Instagram too. Um, my Facebook is Facebook slash um, Facebook dot com backslash ecm anthony, and that's also well my my email address too. Uh, my personal email address is icandyanthony at gmail. Oh man, he gave out. He gave out your personal one. <laughs> well, well, that's my personal one, but my one, my my um, my own website, the company I just is uh, Anthony at iCandyMylon dot com. So got you. Well, I think we have a couple more minutes before we go, man, because I know that your your second passion is politics. So, uh, what it, oh you know, God. you 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 and I both give Wayne the business quite a bit. What what are your just in in, in 20 words or less, what do you think about the uh the 2012 election season and what we have to look forward to uh going into this next Obama term? Uh oh, white folks are going <laughs> crazy right now. They are really mad that the country is changing. Like nobody's no, we're not catering to the southern old white vote anymore. The thing is, it's not just blacks, Latinos, and Asians that voted for Obama. It's the youth, white youth, have voted for Obama because they don't think like their grandparents and parents who grew up, you know, in the Jim Crow laws and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? They want change. They accept people for who they are, not for the color of their skin. So the world is changing, and now as you see that they're catering, they want to cater, really cater to Hispanics now. Cause, right. uh, <laughs> they gave up on First it was like, let's build a fence. Let's build a fence, keep them out. Now it's like, okay, they voted for Obama about too much. Let's, let's get their vote now. I was like, well, what about that fence you were trying to build? <laughs> right. right. What What about the the, uh, the drones you wanted patrolling the borders, right? Right, exactly. Protect protect our borders and I always say, Okay, let's build a fence. So when are you gonna start the fence around Canada? You know, then they like, What? What? <laughs> like can yeah, Canada, that's our border. Let's let's protect ourselves against Canadians. Or are we just protecting ourselves against brown people? Which one right. is it? And speaking of protecting ourselves, anybody who ever hooks up with one of those um eye candy models, make sure you protect yourself. So we're not going to turn this into a political uh, conversation right now. we got some more stuff to talk about. But, Anthony, we want to thank you, man, for your time and, and wish you the best, man. Uh, you've been doing right. it for, like, for over a decade, so we uh, wish you continued success. All right, you too, brother. Right, hey, thanks, right, thanks man. For calling Appreciate you. It. All right, take care. Man, Brian, just, you know, just, you can't help yourself. <laughs> you, you know, you, you know, I just, I got to I gotta sneak into politics, man. You you know, we got to, we, never mind, I'm not even going to start. <laughs> What's next, man? You you gonna get me on a binge? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you. Let me just let you listen, listen to this for a second. That's your boy Chris Brown. <laughs> new hit. I was like, uh, I don't know what is he trying to scratch on a record or yeah, you got you had your your Walkman ear uh, headphones yeah. up, up to the receiver. His, his latest song. His latest song is called Please Don't Judge Me. Uh, how how ironic 
because um, right now Chris Chris Brown is in hot water again, man. Um, uh, he, he he just shut down his Twitter, shut down a Twitter account because uh, he he was a uh, he, he he went off on on what's his name Jenny Johnson. So I just I just saw the story today. I, I think you saw it today as well. We both commented on it, you know. And um, you know apparently you know Jenny Johnson is, is, is a female comedian who's been giving Chris the, the business. Uh, over over the last few years, and, and she was on TV talking about the last six months. Or over six months, she was just, you know, digging in him really bad. Uh, he posted a picture on Twitter, said that he looked old. He said, "I'm only 23." She said, "Well, what did he say? Something? Well, I forgot the exact words, but she called him a, a very vulgar term." And then Chris did what Chris does. <laughs> he went off on her, and uh, he said some very choice words to her. And it looks like she's being painted as the victim here. So well, we we kind of briefly discussed this in the group, man. I mean, we, we seem like we talk about Chris Brown at least once a quarter. Uh, <laughs> he just stands there, you know. But this time, I mean, to me, it looks like this time, you know, I'm like, hey, I, I'm not really mad at him. I wouldn't have handled it that way myself. But, I mean, we've seen people go off on less than that in our own Facebook group. You know, I mean, the girl admitted to, to bullying him for six months, online bullying him, and, uh, you know, she, she went at him again unprovoked. He wasn't talking to her. She went out of her way, too. I don't know how Twitter works like that, where, you know, why they even can see each other in the first place. Um, but, you know, he he went off on her and, and did some, uh, you know, said some things about her, and he ended up shutting down his Twitter. So I don't think that uh, he was necessarily – uh, a bad guy, obviously the only bad guy. Because I'm not, I'm not condoning what he did. I'm just not condemning what he did either in this situation. Unfortunately, though, his track record doesn't leave him much wiggle room to say, okay, well, you know, I don't feel sorry for the dude. However, I just don't feel like this was necessarily something that he should have had to been subjected to and just taken, you know, on the chin. I don't think he should have had to go through that. What do you think? You know, I, as far as him shutting down his Twitter his Twitter account, I, I say it's about time. Right. <laughs> you know, I don't blame this on her. I blame this on Chris Brown's people, his handlers, because, number one, Chris Brown has put his foot in his mouth more times than you can count on his Twitter account. And, and I should have prefaced this by saying, you know, and I said in the group, I, I'm on Team Breezy, man. I mean, I like Chris Brown. I think that he's a very talented artist. I like his music. Um, you know, I, I don't necessarily like, you know, how he's trying to be this thug now, but it's like, dude, you you have to understand that if you're if you're that volatile, that Twitter is not the type of media or medium for you. And granted, I know Twitter is, the, is hot and all this kind of stuff now. And uh, but you know, get somebody to tweet for you. Keep yourself out of trouble because he. I mean, like I said, he hasn't. This isn't the first time. So sure, she provoked him, but you know, this is one of those situations where sometimes you got to stay above the fray, man. He needs. To, he needs to take some Obama lessons and just stay above the fray on that. Let her look stupid instead of you know uh, uh, get going down that low because what. Um, you know, the uh, wise man once said, "Once you, once you uh, get dirty, I mean, it's hard to go down that low and not not get some dirt on you." And uh, and he ended up, you know, taking the taking the brunt of it. So too bad, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't have much yeah. much. Uh, yeah, and like I said, I don't I don't feel sorry for him. 
I just uh I don't I, I I don't feel like this time was all his fault. However, dude obviously has anger issues. But I mean, you know, we can't sit here on one side and say, you know, we're anti bullying and then sit here and say, Okay, well only if you're bullying people who aren't celebrities or only if you're bullying uh homosexuals, only if you're bullying girls. I mean, we know he's fragile. So I mean <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold on, are you Wait, real fast, Ryan. Okay, you know what? what? It's just it's just me and you. Are you serious? And call it saying this dude was bullied. Are you really serious? She said it. She said, again, I didn't follow it, but she said she is for six months. What is the definition of cyberbullying? For six I, months, she has constantly walked in on him and berated him and called him names unprovoked. Dude, that's bullying. I don't care if he's a celebrity, he's still a human. And that's my thing. So I'm like, you know, again, I'm not saying he was right, I'm just saying he's not the only wrong one in the situation. That's all I'm saying. I don't feel sorry for her at all. That's what I'm saying. Okay, well, uh, well, 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 well if, if she had done it, if she had done it to you, if she had done it to uh, someone in your neighborhood, to some local person, if they weren't either, if neither one of them were celebrities and the same exact thing had happened and then he went off on her like that, we'd have been like, hey, you know, hey, she she asked for it. Well, I will, I will say this, man. If you if you ever uh, you know follow Kim Kardashian on Instagram or on Twitter, not that I do, or that I don't, <laughs> I won't confirm or, de- or deny. People <laughs> say all types of crazy stuff to Kim Kardashian, and again, you know, it's not sure that's not right. But when you're on that type of you're in that in the limelight in that way. It just comes with the territory. You gotta be a little bit more savvy than that. And that's why I say that his handler should have took his uh his Twitter account long ago. Yeah. I, I agree he shouldn't have been on Twitter a long time ago, so I have no problem with that. However, handler's he's he's a human, he's still a person and he can he's still gonna be out there. Hey, we got a call, let's go to the lines and we have Corinne calling in from Philly. Welcome to the show. Hello, thank you for having me you guys. Um since I was challenged, as Ryan said, there were no callers on the line. So called in and talked about this Chris Brown. Well, no, Peter is waiting, and he graciously let me go in front of him. Correct. <laughs> I don't know. I know not of who this Peter you're talking of. Please, do you have a comment or a question? I, it is a comment. Um, the Chris Brown issue it was brought up uh, by a blog post called uh, In Defense of Chris Brown, and you guys made a couple of good points. I mean, number one, Chris Brown is in the public eye. He has to expect that people come after him, and he just has to take it on the chin. And unfortunately, of course, his handlers can't handle everything that he does, but what he has to realize is that he has gotten break after break after break, and it's going to be a certain point that the public is not going to accept what he's doing anymore, and he can lose his friends and followers. Right. I absolutely 100% agree with that. And, and like Brian is still talking about uh, being Team Breezy, the, the biggest disappointment I had with Chris Brown was his post-Rihanna image. I don't think he's done anything with his post-situation image to help rebuild a positive image. I think everything he's done is try to make himself uh, more uh, more uh, edgy, and I think that was just the wrong way to go. And so I was like, I'm not, you know, I don't cheer for Chris. I just, I just was. I see in him like I see every other young black man out here. I just wish that they would just get it together and understand, you know, at some point, uh, how, you know, just that that's what I see with Chris. Just, just get it at some point, but I just don't see that happening. I, he's just not showing me that uh, he wants to even be that person. And, I, and you know, he's 23, but uh, Brian said earlier, we, we all know people who are 16 who 
point to who who are much more mature than that. Uh, I just wish that you know with with I, I wish people took their uh, media impact more responsibly. I, I wish that they took their voice more responsibly and uh, used it for better than what he's doing right now. Yeah. So. Well, what, what we have to tell uh, Chris Brown is that when Chico DeBarge went to jail, he came out and he wasn't any more popular. So I don't know that uh, going to jail increases. <laughs> R&B singer street cred like it does rapper street cred. And he does rap sometimes, but he's not that great yeah. at it. Right. So, um, well, <laughs> anyway. well, we need to take a page out of um, Mike Vick's book. You know, Mike Vick came out. He decided this is what I need to do. This is how I have to change my public image. And he was very sincere about it, and he kept at it, and he made the city of Philadelphia fall in love with him and the rest of the country. And Chris Brown has not done that. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's those Virginia boys, man. I'm telling you, they they go kind of crazy. But they thanks, Corinne. We definitely appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. All right. Great, man. Hey, that was a great show. We are all out of time. Tell people how they can check us out, man. All right. Well, you can catch us online at www.rybryshow.com. Uh, we're on Twitter at rybryshow. Uh, we're also on Facebook. Uh, Facebook.com slash Rye Bry Show. And man, we have a bunch of, <laughs> we have a blog. Uh, the Rye Bry Exchange, or sorry, Rye Bry Exchange.com. Uh, or you can email us at Rye Bry uh, at gmail.com. So I think that's everything. Did I miss anything? Nope, but don't forget, go to www.abetteryoubook.com. Go ahead and pick up a copy of my new book, Create a Better You, coming out next month. You can pre-order that now online. And I uh, wish y'all the best. Talk to y'all next week. Peace. Dope. And blow the walls right down Don't aim for the block Aim for the stars Neptune, Saturn, Uranus, and Mars So even if you fall You can land in the cloud Better aim for the mansion And land in the house Sky ain't the limit no more Look past that See the finish line And then laugh that Be the man where you used to get laughed at God on it Who would they to say you can't have that Even when you fall Don't give up Get up Pick up where you left and